Johnson back to Fortino. Fortino rolling puck down low. Shot scores. It's Poulet again. Canada wins gold in overtime. Welcome to Changing on the Fly, a podcast about hockey, politics, and social change. I'm your host, Aaron Lakoff. Like blades on the ice, Changing on the Fly cuts right to the heart of today's most important issues in hockey. We go beyond the stats and pundits to bring you hard-hitting analysis on the politics of the game we love. From taking on racism and sexism in the locker room, to looking at the impacts of climate change on hockey, we amplify voices from the margins and bring them to center ice. Stay with us. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Changing on the Fly. This is episode six, our first episode of 2019. So happy new year to all of you out there listening. Today, we're going to be talking about mascots and racist team names again. Specifically, racist mascots and names that depict indigenous people in, let's just say, less than flattering ways. We've already covered mascots a bit on this show, whether it's been Gritty, the anti-fascist hockey hero down in Philly, that was on episode three, or the divided opinions on the Chicago Blackhawks logo, which we covered with Justin Lewis, an indigenous clothing designer from Vancouver in episode one. But today we're going to be talking about the McGill Redmen at McGill University in Montreal and the fight to change their name. But before we get there, I want to do a quick detour that isn't really a detour. If you've been following the news in Canada lately, you might have heard about an RCMP police attack against a peaceful indigenous blockade in northern unceded territory known as British Columbia. This is the Wet'suwet'en Nation that we're talking about, and for years now they've been blockading seven oil and gas pipelines from cutting through their territory and posing the very real risk of destroying their land and water. And they're being attacked for this, for standing up to protect all of our water. They're being removed from their own ancestral territory by police, territory that was never surrendered, and there's no current treaties with the Canadian government. So you can follow all the news and updates on that at the Una Stoughton Camp website, and we're going to put a link to that in the show notes. So how does this current attack on a peaceful Indigenous action camp relate to the controversy around the McGill Redmond name? Well, here's the thing. Indigenous students and athletes at McGill are saying that the team name is racist. It evokes images of racist stereotypes and a history of even more racist team names like the Indians or the Squaws. Yeah, they actually used to call the team names that at McGill. It's pretty crazy. But those at McGill who are defending the name the Redmen are saying, look, the name is this kind of thing of history. It's attached to a history at McGill, and that history might be a proud history. So why change it? The problem is that colonial histories in Canada aren't just histories. We have a colonial history, but we also have a colonial present. So how the hell in 2019 do we justify continuing to make team names and mascots based on indigenous figures, however honorable or not those representations might be, while we're still stealing their land and attacking their communities? All right, so I'm editorializing a bit here, of course, but hey, that's what we do on podcasts. But today we're going to get into an interview with a badass Indigenous athlete at McGill, Tomas Girosek, who's leading the charge to change the McGill Redmond name. 
This 20-year-old rower and former hockey player is originally from the Kenai First Nation in Alberta, and he's been on fire lately, running up support all over campus and around Montreal for this cause. I personally went to McGill as a student 15 years ago, and people were talking about how the Redmen name was racist back then, but there has never been a push as big as this to change it up until now. In November of 2018, the student body at McGill voted in a referendum by a majority of nearly 80% to change the name. The ball is now in the court of the McGill administration, or shall we say, the puck is in their zone, but they've just been sitting on their hands. Yet, they're set to make a decision at some point in January, so this is all going to come to a head very soon. So stay with us. We're going to get to that interview with Tomas Girasek, and then we're going to hear some sounds from a Change the Name demo that he helped to organize on McGill's campus at the end of October. Hang tight. We'll be right back. All right, so do you enjoy this podcast, Changing on the Fly? Do you want to hear more podcasts and more talk about social justice issues and important causes in the world of hockey? Want to support us? Well, there are many ways to do that. You can share this podcast on social media, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Tell a friend about it. You know, spreading the word via real life interactions is one of the best ways to share podcasts you can also leave us a rating or a review on apple Podcasts. it just takes like 30 seconds or really wherever you download your podcast or better yet support us on patreon you can throw us as little as one dollar a month you get some amazing perks you don't even have to think about it after you sign up and our page is patreon.com slash changing on the fly And of course, if you haven't already done so, subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, really wherever we are at, you are at, and we will meet there on the ice. We'll be right back. Just to begin, can you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself. And maybe um, a little bit about some of your uh, athletic background as well. Absolutely. Um, so my name is Tomas Jurusic. I'm the Commissioner of Indigenous Affairs and the Chairman of the Indigenous Affairs Committee here at McGill University. I come from the Kainai First Nation, which is a member nation of the Black Confederacy, but I was raised in Whitehorse, Yukon. Uh, here at the university, I'm a member of the varsity rowing team. Right on. How did you get into rowing as a sport? Um, So I was a hockey player prior to moving to Montreal, um, but I was uh, diagnosed with a knee disorder, um, and so I wasn't able to continue playing on the ice. Um, But I had been recommended by my coaches um, and other people in the athletic community to try rowing as a sport just because of my body type. Okay. I used to row as well, too. It's such a fun Mm -hmm. sport. Um, So, of course, you've organized a Change the Name demonstration here at McGill on October 31st. Um, this is, of course, looking at the controversial and obviously some would say offensive name, the McGill Redmen. So can you tell us a little bit about first, like why you decided to organize this demonstration and what are some of the messages you're going to be bringing forward? So a lot of it stems from calls from the Indigenous community and Indigenous students here at the university to change the Redmen name. I am not nearly the first Indigenous student or student on campus who has called for the change the Redmen name. 
uh, most recently in the 2017 release of the Provost Task Force on Indigenous Education here at the University, we listed out calls to action on how we want the University to proceed on reconciliation or reconciling with our Indigenous peoples. One of those calls to action was the immediate renaming of the varsity men's team. The University has responded by launching um, a working group on commemoration and renaming but I think that fails to recognize the immediate harm of the Redmond name and the fact that we need action now. Uh, so that's largely the reason why we had chosen to do the demonstration now. Mm. And what about yourself? Like, tell me a little bit like your own story in terms of how you got involved in this issue. I mean, you're obviously involved in athletics at McGill. So how did you come to this issue? Uh, so by working in Indigenous student groups here on campus, and actually my predecessor as commissioner, uh, they had launched the campaign to change the Redmond name, or they had brought it up with me um, while I was under their tutelage. Um, and she was quite passionate about it. Um, she had done the groundwork of doing a lot of the education, um, finding a lot of the history of the Redmond name, going through old yearbooks, um, having her committee go through and find uh, evidence of the Redmond name um, and, its, and its predecessors as Indians and squaws um, and the damage that it had done for two Indigenous students. Um, and so part of it was kind of just taking up her mantle in a lot of the work she had done. Mm. And how did it make you feel personally as you know, indigenous person here at McGill to, you know, be around these teams that are just called the Red Men. Ah, uh, very, very offended. Um, and it made it difficult to compete in a space where I was representing such a name. Um, part of it for me it was it was easier to reconcile with the fact that my team refused to compete under the Red Men name, um, and we compete simply as Miguel Rowing. Um, and also, like Miguel Rowing has never actually been considered. We had never gone under the monikers Miguel Squaw or Miguel Indian, so it did make it um, significantly easier for me. People who are going to disagree with you or maybe even the McGill administration are going to say, well, the name has nothing to do with indigenous people. It just refers to the school's colors. What, what would be your response to well, that? I think it's a blatant lie. Um, but even taking the original intent, air quote, um, of the Redmond name, that doesn't negate the actual effects that the name has had on indigenous peoples. And so, yes. Maybe as the university attests to, the Redmond name is from our Celtic Heritage's university or it is connected to our color, um, red and white. But that doesn't deny the fact that the Redmond name has become historically connected to indigenous peoples. When we look at the fact that we've been known as the McGill Squaw, when we've been known as the McGill Indians, which are some of the most derogatory slurs you can use for indigenous people, the name has become connected to indigenous people. And you can't separate the Redmond name from connotations of indigeneity. Uh, that's included in the depictions, the, the graphics that have been used on McGill jerseys, on McGill helmets, of an indigenous person, a stereotypicalized image of indigenous persons on the jerseys of McGill teams. Um, and that, corroborating that, you have, even, even after the decision to take the logo off of the jersey, you have... Um, coaches, you have students, you have people within the Miguel media still referring to the Redmond and using comments such as Redmond scalped and Indians on a warpath. So it's impossible to break this connection between indigeneity and the Redmond name, despite the fact that the university says the original intent of the name was uh, the color or our Celtic origin. Mm -hmm. It seems in a way like they've just buried this history mm -hmm. kind of and not talking about it. Um, so you mentioned already there was a, a task force, an Indigenous Studies and Indigenous Education Task Force that released a report last year. And this in itself was a response to mm -hmm. the Truth and Reconciliation yeah. uh, Commission calls to action. What I find really interesting about the, the TRC calls to action is there's uh, five of them that actually touch directly on, on sports. And, and I've heard other um, Indigenous activists argue that, you know, 
because of those calls to action, we should really take their implementation to mean that we need to like get rid of all of these like indigenous mascots mm -hmm. and, and indigenous names. And so I'm wondering, like looking at, I guess, the protests that you're doing and this move to try to get McGill Redmond to drop the name, um, or rather, if McGill keeps on using the name Redmond, do you see that in a way as a barrier to this process of reconciliation? Oh, absolutely. As in the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, as well as the Task Force on Indigenous Education, we've laid out how we need reconciliation to actually happen. And so if the university is legitimately um, pursuing reconciliation with Indigenous people and wants to hit um, the other goals that we've laid out in the task force, it needs to take the necessary step of removing the Redmond name because it is an impediment to achieving reconciliation on campus. It's an impediment to the retention of Indigenous students on campus. It's an impediment to the retention of Indigenous athletes on campus. Mm -hmm. I know another one of the significant um, outcomes of the, the TRC, Truth and Reconciliation Commission, is um, you know, the, the the duty to consult Indigenous people mm -hmm. on, on legislation, on, on policy, you know, but also on, on matters like this. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that Indigenous people at McGill have been adequately consulted in this process around the team name? No, I don't think we have. And that's why I hope, I mean, yes, we do have the demonstration coming up on the 31st, but the demonstration is really just part of a larger campaign to change the Redmond name, where the demonstration can spark a discussion. And so we are trying to provide this opportunity for discussion where we can present our own views in a collaborative approach with the university presenting their own perspective, and then hopefully we can come together in a, uh, some type of agreement. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, this protest in McGill, it's been happening amidst this wider context of, you know, the protests we've been seeing in the States against the Washington mm -hmm. football team name, uh, you know, with the Hashcott, uh, hashtag not your mascot. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, the Cleveland Indians just announced that they're not going to use their logo anymore of... Uh, Chief Wahoo, still going to keep the name, unfortunately, Cleveland Indians. Um, but yeah, maybe talk a little bit about like that wider movement um, of Indigenous people to stop this racist mascot tree in North America, or on Turtle Island, rather, I should say. And have you drawn inspiration from that? Um, I've drawn inspiration from a lot of Indigenous academics who have written on the subject. Uh, former professor of history, uh, former McGill professor of history, Alan Downey, has written extensively on the topic. Um, a lot of professors and athletes have talked about the place of athletics and the importance of this um, system of venting to Indigenous peoples and the the support that it can provide Indigenous communities. So I provide a, I, I take a lot of inspiration from those outlets. Uh, in regards to other teams that have taken monikers or um, names of Indigenous people, I think a lot of the things that affect us affect them as well when we consider um, hyper-masculinized imagery of Indigenous people, when we consider uh, the stereotypical image of Indigenous people, and how that promotes um, a false image of Native people. Um, and that hurts both us psychologically and sociologically as Indigenous people, but also the relationship between Indigenous and non-Indigenous people as we grapple with these misconceptions on both sides. I guess, like, maybe beyond the name change, what do you feel is like the deeper significance for indigenous people in athletics in terms of like these kinds of campaigns to, to drop these names? Well, to draw on personal experience, being an athlete here at the university has been one of my biggest support networks. My The athletes, my teammates have been my biggest support network. Um, they provided an inclusive opportunity for me to vent about, uh, vent on the water, 
about what's going on at school, how I'm struggling in certain classes, how you know we're, we're dealing with just being university students. And so for me, it's been such an amazing experience and no Indigenous student should have um, should not have access to that type of support network. Um, and so that's largely why I think um, the reddening needs to change. So we do have the opportunity to engage fully in athletics without without having to reconcile our own um, nationhood with that of a stereotypical and hyper-masculinized name. That's a really good point. And um, it kind of leads me to my next question is, what kind of support have you gotten, if any, from the athletics community here at McGill? Well, my team has been absolutely incredible, and I couldn't thank them more for all the support that they've shown me. Uh, and there are plenty of athletes who do show um, support for the change in the Redmond name. Of course, there's been opposition, but I think it is largely just a loud minority, hopefully. And I guess we'll see uh, when we have the student-wide vote later, uh, earlier next month. Um, the athletics hasn't issued a statement itself right now, so we aren't fully aware of um, its own position on the Redmond name. Um, but I've been receiving positive feedback so far. Great. Maybe as a last question, um, you know, we've seen so much colonial racism in sports, like throughout many sports, different histories. And obviously these mascots and these team names are just one manifestation of that. Um, but maybe looking forward, you know, like we're living in an era now where, you know, as the musician Jeremy Dutcher said, like we're living through an indigenous renaissance. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you like to see in terms of if we think about indigenous futures in sports? Like what would a decolonial or an anti-colonial future in sports look like for you? Well, I think a greater presence of indigenous people in sports would be a lovely place to start. Um, I also think the opportunity to express nationhood through sport is something that's a really interesting opportunity. When we look at something like the Iroquois uh, lacrosse team and their representation on an international level, um, representing their nation and playing a sport that's incredibly important to their epistemology and their nation history. And so having the opportunity to express ourselves as nations through sport is something that's incredibly powerful um, and it can be a great force as we move towards reconciliation. Amazing. Once again, we've been speaking with Tomas Girosek uh, here at McGill, one of the organizers of the the Change the Name protest. Um, Best of luck with that protest. I hope it goes really well. Thank you. And thank you for speaking with us today. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. So again, that was an interview with Tomas Girosek of the Change the Name campaign at McGill. We're going to go now to some audio from a protest that Jurasek helped to organize on October 31st on the McGill campus in Montreal. Hundreds of students and faculty came out on a cold, rainy day to support the demand that McGill change its racist team name from the Red Men. We're going to hear some powerful speeches from Nakuset, who's the leader of the Montreal Native Women's Shelter, and Denzel Sutherland-Wilson, a Gitsan Indigenous student-athlete at McGill. Stay with us. You don't understand how hard it is for us to speak about our injustices because they are always ignored. And I don't understand why McGill would continue to use this name when it is so derogatory. I don't know what it is about the culture of Canada and United States where they want to use our people in a way where if they want to represent something strong, they'll call their car Cherokee or they'll put like, you know, our our nation on a sports team or something like that. But you look at what colonialism has done to our people and you see how we have suffered and we continue to suffer. 
I work in social services here in Montreal and I see the suffering through the homelessness, through youth protection, through what happens with the police. You know, and that is not... The, the struggles we go through are not what this university really wants as a team name. They want the strength and the power that you see standing here today, like Tomas, like so many other indigenous leaders. That's what they're trying to, I guess, cash in on. But that is, that is only a few of us and we are not there yet. So we need more mobilization and we need for people to see what the reality is for indigenous people we are struggling and you are wearing our name like it's some kind of badge and it doesn't belong to you Wilson. I'm a member of the Gixan Nation here, and uh, well, not here in Northern British Columbia, but now I'm here, um, and I'm in my last semester here at McGill, which is feels really great. Um, <laughs> uh, one thing I want to make sure I do before I get off of this, uh, before I lose the mic, is to thank Tomash and Carly Loft, who was there before, who put in. Well, this is a lot of really hard work. And when we were talking about starting this campaign, I sort of wasn't that eager to be involved with it because in my mind, uh, I think the first reason was that we have so many other things going on in our communities that, I have, that, are wor that we have to worry about that this name is not, it's not gonna, it's not, in the end, it's not something that really affects us. But what really made me come around to seeing why we need to change this name is because, is because it's like an indicator of everything else that's going on at this school. Because this is already a really tough place for indigenous students to succeed at. And to have that name is just an indication of the, the progress they're trying to make. If the 2016 task force, if one of their easiest calls and easiest changes to make was this name, how are they expected to make any of the other changes that they proposed? I, I guess um, the one thing that really made me passionate about wanting to change the name was when I went to the uh, to the committee on renaming, they had like an open house, and we had like four or five indigenous students there talking about why, telling them, telling all these athletes, this is uh, this offends us, like this is not okay. We need to stop this. And then their reply was, no, this should not offend you. And it was just really jarring to be in a face-to-face -face interaction with them trying to tell us how we should feel, as if how they've how white people have always tried to treat us telling us what's best for us and that they know better than us, which is absolutely ridiculous. Because I think this is really, the issue is not about their attachment to this name. You move on to a different school every year and you're competing for another name with the same passion. I think it's about, well, one the obvious one is about the money, right? Like it's about the alumni, because they've got all the money and that's the only reason they haven't changed it so far, is because the, the funders who are funding this thing, they want to keep their old name and live their glory days or something, I don't know. But that, that's the, the one thing is the money and the other thing is the power, okay? Because like they don't want young indigenous leaders like Tomash and Carly to actually be able to have some power over them and make a change. When they're saying no, they don't want to lose to Tomash, but the thing is that they are going to lose because... <laughs>
Yeah, I don't know. If we can take a little bit of power back through them, one thing at a time, one name at a time, then um, I'm going to be really happy about that. All right, I think that's all i got to say. Change the name. All right, we do hope you enjoyed this episode of Changing on the Fly. We're just about to round it down. If you want to add your name to over 10,000 people calling for an end to the dehumanization of Indigenous people at McGill, you can sign a petition to change the McGill-Redmond name, and you can look for a link to that petition in our show notes. And with that, we are out of here. Once again, if you want to support us, our Patreon page is patreon.com slash changing on the fly. Help us cover our web hosting costs, equipment upgrades, and just keep the heat on in my apartment. I want to thank all of our current Patreon supporters who helped make this show happen. Anne, Aiden, Jeff, Nick A, Jeremy, Nick T, Eldridge, Ellen, Sam, Grill, and Dasha. Finally, we are a proud member of the Upford Network. They are a network of podcasts that aim to build communities, share stories, and make lives better through comedy, culture, and honest conversations. Find your new favorite show at upfordnetwork.com. I do want to give a shout out to the Up for Discussion podcast who just had me on on the show this past week. It was a lot of fun. So I want to thank uh, Tom for that. And do go check out the Up for Discussion podcast on the Up for Network. We'll be back with more Change on the Fly very soon. In the meantime, subscribe to the podcast, support us, tell a friend, and we will see you soon. I'm Tom Zalatni, host and producer of Up for Discussion, a long-running comedy podcast on the Upford Network. Every week, me and my team of hilarious improvisers use audience-submitted questions to dive deep and delicious into every topic under the sun. Nothing is off-limits. The audience has full control. It's like going to an improv show, only it's in your ears, and nobody's asking to see a scene about sex toys. Hopefully. One reviewer called it an underappreciated cult classic. Another reviewer called it not a very compelling product. Go check it out and see for yourself. The Up for Discussion podcast. Available wherever fine podcasts are sold. Being an athlete here at the university has been one of my biggest support networks. My teammates have been my biggest support network. They provide an inclusive opportunity for me to vent on the water about what's going on at school, how I'm struggling in certain classes, how you know we're, we're dealing with just being university students. And so for me, it's been such an amazing experience and no Indigenous student should not have access to that type of support network. Um, And so that's largely why I think um, the reddening needs to change. So we do have the opportunity to engage fully in athletics without without having to reconcile our own um, nationhood with that of a stereotypical and hyper-masculinized name.